In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. This is a CBC Podcast. Okay, I think this is the place. Mark! Mark! You're supposed to pick me up. Yeah. What the hell, man? I, um... Oh, Ryan, I forgot. It's okay, no, I took a... I took a car. Okay, you took a car? I hired a car service. You hired a car? Like a cab? A a taxi, yeah. You took a taxi, yeah. Yeah. It's 4 p.m. on a Friday. Mark and Ryan are coming over to my apartment for a sleepover movie marathon. Hey! Hey! Ryan and Mark, your friends. To get inspiration for our script, we're watching as many rom-coms as we can until we pass out or fall in love. And I brought popcorn. I've taken the theme pretty seriously. Okay, remember the There's first... There's a lot of rose petals in here. Like, oh, some of them are different flower petals. No, they're mostly roses. The goal of the night is to watch dozens of films and pay particular attention to my favorite rom-com trope, the meet cute. Okay, what are we starting with? Okay, this is The Wedding Planner. It's got a very, very classic meet cute. But as we settle in to watch our first movie, there's a problem. What is a meet cute? He's actually serious here. It's like the first meeting between two people who will have a romantic story. Yeah. Is meet cute used in life? Like you could be like, I we had a little meet cute. Yeah. You like, never had one? <laughs> I mean, I guess I have. I've just never used the term. What did you call it? Yeah. Um, met this cool chick. <laughs> In this cute way. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you're right. You're basically there. You just added a few more words. You're right. I should have yeah. shortened it mm. to met cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, with that settled, we're ready to start the marathon. But where does the term come from? Like, why? But Mark just can't let it go. Why does suddenly everybody just adopt this weird turn okay. of phrase? If you can't go on until we figure this out. I can't. So we Google it. Accidentally coined by German-American film director Ernst Lubitsch, 1892 to 1947, who had difficulty speaking English to describe the encounter between the characters played by Claudette Colbert and Gary Cooper in the 1938 film Bluebeard's Eighth Wife. Bluebeard's Eighth Wife? So is that on our list of movies? And if it's not, why is it Yeah, let's do it. I have to see a little bit of Bluebeard's Eighth one. Wait, that, so there's first a of all, one of the worst names for anything other than Ruth's Chris, Chris Steakhouse. Steakhouse. Bluebeard's eighth wife. Man. It just rolls off the tongue. Some prequels, though, to be had. Yeah. Bluebeard's yeah. wives one through seven. So the whole the, franchise. Uh, uh, the term- we had to know more, so we put on the trailer. Wait, that's not Bluebeard's eighth wife. Oh, it is. Gary Cooper with the, aid, of- with the aid of his female co-star <laughs> demonstrates this superb technique. The aid. I wanted to tell you something. Here's a slap. Oh, of oh. course. Of course. Oh, my gosh. The first image of the trailer is a man slapping a woman? His eighth wife. That's how you handle your eighth wife. Cooper clunks Colbert. This is not what we thought it would be. It's so problematic. <laughs> They're just beating each other up now. In the same room. Oh, he's oh, spanking, he's spanking her. her. And just... 
bizarre. There's onions. There's onions? Scallions? This is psychedelic. Wow. Bear is eating a handful of onions that have been provided for her. And then the, the director off screen right now is going, and this is what we call a meat cute. <laughs> What a way to kick off our movie marathon. I think we were all expecting the first meet cute to be a sweet little thing, but this was anything but. And I think I'm just more confused about what a meet cute is after watching that. (laughs) (laughs) It's Let's Make a Rom Com. And if you hadn't guessed, this week we're writing our meet cute. Okay, so next we're going to watch Romancing the Stone. Harry Potter. <laughs> no. no. Oh. <laughs> After a rough start with Bluebeard's eighth wife, we were looking for a palate cleanser. Fortunately, we had a whole night of meat cutes to watch, each with their own unique flair. We saw meat cutes on trains. Oh, yeah. Trains are the best. I mean... Couldn't do that on a bus or a plane. We saw meat cutes between dogs. Okay, this is 101 Dalmatians, which you may not remember as a rom-com, but is a perfect rom-com about two couples. Mm. <laughs> wow, they really made that dog pretty. We saw meat cutes involving financial transactions. Will you take 375 in travel's checks? American Express? Of course. Yeah, so this is more of a, um, a haggling scene. It's a meat haggle. Yeah. A maggle. A maggle. Oh, watch this. Watch this. Okay. Watch this. Boom. Okay, so this is the wedding platter. It has one of the most classic meat cutes. It's just... I showed Mark and Ryan a completely over-the-top meat cute in the wedding platter. I nailed it, Jerry. You guys know this one. Jennifer Lopez is downtown, and... Oh, no. Heel in the sewer cap. Her shoe gets stuck. No, oh, you she can't. can't. Expensive shoes. You're in the city. Oh, this. Oh. This sets off a series of events. Sends a dumpster careening towards her. This is a real Rube Goldberg machine of accidents. <laughs> and then Matthew McConaughey comes to the rescue. Oh, and he tackles her to the ground. Oh, are you okay? Oh God, get your face away from her face. Mark was not a fan, and actually, I don't know if I was either. Something I'm noticing. Yeah. The woman is always, like, desperate or in need or in mm-hmm. trouble or, like, hard up for cash or something mm-hmm. is, like, it, yeah, lacking in the woman, which is, like, oh, can't believe it. Yeah. Can you believe a woman wouldn't be okay today? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some me-cutes we noticed just wouldn't happen anymore. Like the one in Pretty Woman where Richard Gere meets Julia Roberts by asking for directions. No, I want to find Beverly Hills. Can you give me directions? Sure. For five bucks. That wouldn't happen. That wouldn't be a good meet cute now because he'd have Google Maps. He needed directions. (laughs) No, that's a really good good point. There's like problems in the the Seinfeld thing of like the technologies create little moments. Yeah, that that. is a really good point, actually. Yeah, he'd have a phone. Yeah, all of that. Excuse me, can I have your Wi Fi? It's not as sexy. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, you can't charge me for Wi Fi. And And she's she's like, like, I can do whatever I want. want. If you're you're linking to my hotspot, (laughs) (laughs) I can charge you. (laughs) We also noticed that not all meet cutes are actually cute, like the one between Bridget and Mark Darcy in Bridget Jones's Diary. Yes, well, perhaps it's time to eat. Mm. 
It's New Year's Day. Bridget and Mark are at a party. They get introduced, have awkward small talk, and then Bridget overhears Mark badmouthing her. Mother, I do not need a blind date, particularly not with some verbally incontinent spinster who smokes like a chimney, drinks like a fish, and dresses like her mother. <gasps> Whoa, wowzers. We all agreed we like this kind of unconventional meeting. I really like the overheard, something you shouldn't hear. Mm-hmm. You know, in all movies, I, I, I like... As far as like, you know, you play out scenes in your head, you know, and you like have like your like, you know, oh, if I could only say so-and-so to so-and-so. A classic one I play out in my head is I come back to like get a coat or something and someone's making fun of me and I like <laughs> dignifiedly like hear it and take it in <laughs> and then prove them wrong. Really? Yeah. That's my nightmare. If people are talking shit about me, I want to be far away. I don't ever want to hear that. Yeah. I, I want to hear it, it and I want to dignifiably What would you say? Prove them wrong. I'd be like, I'd say something like, I forgot my hat. Let's play. Let's <laughs> let's play it out. Let's play it out, Maddie. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, okay. Well, thanks for having me. I, yeah. I, uh, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Bye. New Year. Thank you so much for coming. I thought he would never leave. Oh I thought he God. would never stop talking. He's, he's verbally incontinent. He he's drinks like he a drinks chimney, like a chimney and, and like smokes like a fish. <laughs> and dresses like his mother. Excuse me. I forgot my hat, and I think you'll find a chimney doesn't drink and a fish doesn't smoke. He told us. He was us. so right. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> He's telling us. In Bridget Jones, there was also something that was in many of the older films. Comedy that didn't age well. Bridget. Never get a boyfriend if you look like you've wandered out of Auschwitz. Now run upstairs. Auschwitz? See, this what is what's weird is, is you don't remember this as being I, part of it. I know. But also, like, she's meant to be insufferable, but, like, yeah. the, you just don't do those types of jokes no, anymore you, to you make someone... No, you find other ways to make her insufferable. Make her insufferable. We saw this again and again during our sleepover. Basically, if the movie was over 10 years old, it was bound to have a random and sensitive joke. Transphobic joke How there. Just, like, the most, like, banal scene can be problematic in a rom-com. You know yeah, what I mean? Completely. Just anything. You're like, whoop. Whoa. Because comedy... Ages. Yeah, it really does. You know, like but the whole point of this movie marathon was to get inspiration for our script. So after many hours of movie watching, we sat down to talk about what we liked and what we didn't. What do we like? What do we not like? I What I was really drawn to are meet cutes where um, it felt like they were discussing something else in the, in the scene that was happening um, that gave them a reason to talk versus okay. the fantasy meet cute of... Which I'll keep going back to this saving J Lo mm-hmm. as she mm-hmm. could easily have moved away from taking her shoe away from a sewer yeah. and then tackling her. I'm realizing how important the setting is for where mm-hmm. they meet. For me, like the ones I'm really drawn to are where, like, that is already, it's an established location that evokes something in me that, like, uh, sort of like, um, clues me in or takes me in deeper and I'm sort of ready to sort of uh, let the meeting happen. I wonder if there's any merit in like a meet cute in like the worst place ever. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you're at the DMV and it's so aromantic that if you were to fall in love there, like could you imagine how cool that would be? You know? I love that. Or like the dump. Yeah. Yeah. The dump. They're both. The hospital. Oh. Yeah. The <laughs> a sewer. parking lot. A palliative care. What if there was a meet cute <laughs> happening under the J-Lo sewer? Like two rats were meat cutie. <laughs> and with that, our marathon was over. Bye, guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. See you later. Well, thanks for having us. I guess this is kind of a goodbye cute. Yeah. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. yeah. Bye.
We went away from our sleepover with a bit of homework. Each of us had to write a meet-cute scene, then we'd meet in the studio to read them to each other. But before we started writing, we wanted some expert advice on how to write meet-cutes that work. A meet-cute is an inventive but credible means of these two characters meeting. This is Billy Mernit again. If you don't remember, he literally wrote the book on writing romantic comedies, and we spoke to him in episode one. The best meet-cutes establish a dynamic for those two characters, meaning there's something about the nature of how they meet and what happens between them, where we as the audience, we go, oh, I see, this is the way she is, or this is the way he is, and oh, that's the way they're going to be. A lot of the old screwballs, if you watch something like Bringing Up Baby, Cary Grant and Katherine Hepburn, they meet on a golf course. She picks up his golf ball by mistake, thinking it's hers. And what's immediately established is it's hers. And she won't believe for a moment that it's not. And he just, he just keeps trying to be sensible and logical. And she just keeps throwing all kinds of shit at him. No, I'm just trying to prove to you that you're playing my ball. You see, a PGA has two black dots and a crow flight has a circle. Mm, I think. I'm not superstitious about things like that. Oh, well, that doesn't Stop have anything to do minute, with will it. You please. Will you it, take out the pin? And you know immediately, just within like 60 seconds of seeing them together, you go, oh, I, I see what this will be like for them. I, I understand why this will work or be deliciously problematic. So a good meet cute establishes some kind of recognizable dynamic for the two characters. In a really great one, again, you have enough in those characters so that you're already interested. Will our scenes include any of this? Well, we gathered in the writer's room to find out, begrudgingly. This is a rough draft. It's pretty exposing because normally when you're in a writing room and you do a rough draft, it's just the few of you reading it, but we get to do this on a show. Uh, so it feels a little bit scary. We all agreed we'd just write a rough draft. No polish, rough edges, also known as a vomit draft. Vomit draft is a term that's like you just write it as fast as you can and don't get in your own way because you're going to fix it, you're going to make it better. And sometimes like it's very painful to be like yeah. when you write a line, you go, oh, yes. you think that's a good line? Yes. So you just don't let yourself do that. And I like to do it in bed because if I'm vomiting all day, I'd like to be in bed. Like literally I need like to be all like from when we were writing my sitcom, I would have to go home. Be in bed with, like, crackers and Gatorade, and I'd vomit all day, a whole script. Because <laughs> it's so vulnerable. So, let the vomiting begin. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl! Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. First up, Mark's Meet Cute, set on the streets of Chicago. I play our protagonist, Catalina. Ryan stars as Greg. Mark is a cheesy guy on the street named Xander, and our producer Rebecca is on stage directions. Exterior, Lincoln Square, day. Catalina is at a busy crosswalk. A group of people wait for the signal to change. A cheesy guy approaches Catalina. Excuse me. Sorry, miss. Hey, you dropped something. Hmm? 
Xander hands Catalina something. She puts her hand up to take it. It's your smile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he mimes dropping her smile into her hand. I bet it looks great on you. Oh, God. <laughs> Why don't you try it on? No, thank you. The crosswalk changes, and she moves with the crowd across the street, many of whom witnessed the interaction. Have a blessed day. Greg, who is amongst the crowd and is walking next to Catalina, gives her a confused look. Um, did that guy really just tell you that you dropped your smile and then pretend to hand it to you? Yeah, he mimed handing it to me. And I didn't really have time to comprehend what was happening, so I mimed taking it from him. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw you put your hand out. You both did a whole little little mime act in front of me. I thought I had actually dropped something. Oh, I know, I know, I know. It's a dirty trick, and anybody would fall for it. Look, he's, he's doing it to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> He's just assaulting everybody. Nobody's safe. (laughs) Look, everybody's so annoyed with him. Oh, except that woman. They watch as a middle-aged lady laughs and hugs Xander. Whoa, I guess it works sometimes. Taking notes. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. He spotted us. Xander waves at them from across the street, then grins wide and gestures to his smile. (laughs) Catalina and Greg both smile politely and give a little wave. I mean, I guess he's not hurting anybody. I don't know about that. It really hurts to watch him do that. <laughs> they both laugh. You have a, you have a great laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <clears throat> we have chemistry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Look, sister. I'd love to get your phone number, but I'm married. That's chill. <laughs> <laughs> End movie. End movie. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mark's meet cute was a lot of fun. Kinda lost the plot there at the end, but still fun. And that's something Billy Murnett really values in a script. What I love to read, as opposed to what I don't like to read, is something that has a genuine fun factor. You know, a, a good meet cute should be not just funny and quick, but something where you get to enjoy it. But a meet cute can't just be fun. The the best cute meets. Yes, we know. He says cute meet have some kind of credibility, even as wacky as they get. So something I hate to read is a meet cute where you're reading it and you're just going, that would never happen in a million years. Um, There's an interesting sort of illustration of this in Notting Hill, if you know that movie, where the first thing that happens is Julia Roberts comes into Hugh Grant's bookstore. Um, Can I help you at all? No, thanks. I'll just look around. And she's a movie star, and everyone is like, oh, my God, it's Julia Roberts, basically. And they have a kind of a funny, awkward encounter, and he's, of course, Hugh Grant endearing. And uh, That book's really not great, just in case, you know, browsing turned by. <laughs> and she leaves, and his assistant kind of can't believe that this has happened. It's sort of like, why didn't you make a play for her or something? And he's like, oh, come on. Like, it's ridiculous. All right, cut to on the street, he goes out to get his assistant uh, a drink and they literally bump into each other on the corner oh shit oh, god i'm so sorry i'm so sorry here let me uh, get your hands off i'm really sorry now a bad screenwriter would just give you the hit on the street and say that justifies them getting together because he he offers his flat which is nearby do you want to change your outfit no what he what richard curtis who of course is one of the masters of this he gives you that first scene which is just a meeting like a regular meeting with like real life you know realities to it and thus lays the groundwork for the second cute meet so he doubles up on it and then you believe it 
because then when they bump into each other, even though you sort of go, oh, God, that old thing. Now you want to see what happens because you've already seen some chemistry between them and you go, all right, so this will be interesting. Uh, 18 yards. That's my house there with the blue front door. Back in the writer's room, Ryan tees up his meet-cute set in the baseball stadium. I'm playing around in this scene with, like, I know we might decide on this, but, like, her ex-boyfriend who's filling in the quirky best friend role, the improv mm-hmm. guy, and I've named him Mark. And he's a loser improviser, <laughs> right? <laughs> he's not too, not too losery in this scene. Like, nothing's that deep in this scene, obviously. I'm, uh, I'm honored you named him Mark. I'll, I'll... I'm playing Catalina, Mark is Greg, and Ryan plays Catalina's ex and roommate, Mark. Exterior, left field bleachers in historic Wrigley Field. Day. Catalina, 28, sits and talks to Mark, 30, who is decked out in Cubs gear from head to toe. Feels like it might snow. Spring baseball in Chicago. Next year, I'm not setting foot in this place until the ivy's green. You can take off if you want. I'm not leaving in the fourth inning. I'd get booed. I'd boo you. Yeah, see? I'll just pray for mercy from the baseball gods. Nice catch, asshole! Mark, come on, there's kids here. Well, they shouldn't have come to the bleachers. You know, your heckling used to be creative. Well, that was when we were dating, and I wanted to impress you. This is the real me. Take it or leave it. Is there a third option? Oh, beer guy. Want one? I wish there was a frickin' hot toddy guy. Beer or no beer? Beer, beer, of course, beer, dummy. We hear another crack of the bat, and the crowd starts to cheer. Catalina's eyes focus in on the ball. It's a home run, and it's coming straight to her section. She launches up to get herself in position. The chase is on as various people scramble for the ball. Just as Catalina is about to grab, it's snatched away. She looks up to see Greg, 32, handsome with a wry smile, holding the ball. A brief moment of eye contact, both at a loss for words for a beat. Sorry. For what? Nice snag. She blushes and walks back to her seat. Greg watches her go. Nice try. 28 years old, never caught a home run ball. It's a sad story. But it's my story. (laughs) They chuckle and Mark hands her a beer. Greg walks over and holds the ball out to Catalina. Hi. Hi. Um, here. What are you doing? Giving you the ball. Why? I don't know. Because you chased after it. It seemed like you were, you, you were into it. You give balls to kids. Do I look like a kid? You gotta go find a kid. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll take the ball. Shut up, Mark. You sure you don't want it? It's all scuffed from the bat and everything. You got there first. Congrats on your cat-like reflexes. Greg smiles at her. Catalina smiles back. Okay, well, if you change your mind, I'll just be over there by the railing. Hey, 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 this isn't a date. We're just buds. Catalina grabs Mark and pulls him down. What are you doing? I think it needed to be said. Catalina looks over to see if Greg heard that. He meets her eyes and they both melt into a smile. Interior, red line train compartment. Greg and Catalina laugh and kiss on the train. (laughs) (laughs) I like that he gives her the ball and I like that she says, you give balls, you're supposed to give balls to a kid. Yeah, that's cute. And like, yeah. I, and she wants to get the he ball. You could be like, own. "Would you rather me give it to, to a kid?" She's like, no, "No, I want yeah, it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That's cute. And then there's like a little trinket of their first yeah. meeting, you know, something oh, like yeah. that. That like that can become like she meaningful when she breaks up. Exactly. Oh, she could throw it in the trash. Exactly. She could go into the trash. To, yeah, and then get she could it. get it out of the trash. She could sign it with a fake Babe Ruth signature <laughs> and then try to sell it on eBay. That's hilarious. There's so many things she could do with it. <laughs> Obviously, there's, there needs more, more meat on the bones. You don't say much to each other, but that can also be part of the... Wait till you read mine. And we'll get to mine in just a moment. First, Billy has one more tip for making a great meat cue. The other thing that's really important that gets overlooked a lot is the cute part. The cute part is 
misunderstood and abused. Cute does not necessarily mean that it's wacky and funny and crazy and cute. It can just be acute, A-C-U-T-E, meaning intense. Uh, one movie, for example, uh, As Good As It Gets, I don't know if you've seen it, but when Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt have an encounter in her restaurant, first of all, it's not their first meeting. Meet can mean you're really meeting or you're meeting the real person or something. In that particular movie, he makes some flippant remark about her child who has got a possibly fatal disease, and she just reams him. She give, reads him the riot act, puts him in his place, and for the first time in the movie makes this guy Marvin apologize and have to step up to the plate. You're going to die soon with that diet. You know that. Yeah, we're all going to die soon. I will, you will, and it sure sounds like your son will. If you ever mention my son again, you will never be able to eat here again. Do you understand? That's a meat cute because it's totally memorable, it's totally intense, and those two people now know who they are and where they stand. And that dynamic has been established. But you would never call it cute, meaning it's not about laughs. It's about, holy shit, there's really something going on here. Okay, do you want to read mine? Yes. So I sent you two. With that in mind, let's go back to the writer's room and listen to my meet cute. I'm ready to be critiqued. Oh, it's PDF. In this scene, I play Catalina, Mark plays Greg, and Ryan will play an unnamed man Kat is on a date with. And guess what? Rebecca's on the stage directions. Exterior, city street, night. Catalina, 30, pretty. <laughs> and her date, 30s, not pretty. Stagger out of a cute date night restaurant onto the street. He's wasted. She's not. Whoa, you okay there? I'm more than okay. I think this is the most okay I've ever been. Um, hey, have you ever had a pizza pocket? I, I really, I want a, I want a pizza pocket. Okay, do you still have a phone? We could call you an Uber, or... I'm gonna walk! No, you're not. Don't worry, I won't be walking alone because you are coming home with me to have sex <laughs> and then eat pizza pockets. No, I'm not. Are you sure? I'm honestly, like, 50-50. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, the date guy takes a tumble, knocks into another guy on the street. It's none other than Greg. 30s. Handsome. Whoa, you okay? Ow! I skinned my <laughs> fucking knee! Um, Greg bends down to carefully inspect the knees of this grown man. He's being so sweet, like you would to a kid. Here, I keep a Band-Aid in my wallet. Thank you. He puts the Band-Aid very gently on the tiny cut in this man's knee. This is so embarrassing. In front of my date! Hello. <laughs> she looks like a nice girl. I'm sure she won't hold it against you. It's true. She is nice. Thanks, guys. Greg effortlessly flags a cab, which stops immediately for him. He swoops open the door for the guy who climbs in. You know where you live, buddy? Yeah. Good stuff. He turns to Catalina. Will you be joining him? Pretty please. No, that's all right. Thanks for a lovely evening. You too. He closes the door and the cab speeds off, leaving Greg and Catalina alone together on the road. Hi. Hi. Interior, pizza shop. <laughs> <laughs> so I assume that was your worst first date ever? No. Oh, I can't wait to hear more. And then they cha cha Very good. That was awesome. I love the tone. It's like very silly. 
And I, like, I love a, what it says about her character, how she's dealing with drunk date guy. Like yeah. she's like kind of chill, but also like got some zingers in there as far as like, and also just the feeling of like, oh my God. This yeah. is <laughs> the 50 50 yeah. line is very was, funny. Being on a date with a drunk guy and like trying to get him on that could be the worst. Thinking back to Billy's advice, there are some things this Miku does well and some things it doesn't do well. Is it a realistic situation? Sure. We've all been on a bad date. Is it genuine fun? Yeah, maybe not for Catalina, but for the audience. But what I like about this meet-cute is that it hints at how the characters will function throughout the movie. Catalina is a bit of a mess, out on a date with a loser of a guy and cleaning up after him. And Greg comes off as a bit of a Prince Charming. It makes sense that you would fall for this guy, but also feel inadequate around him. I like that they're going to go up, that he wants to go have sex and eat pizza pockets. (laughs) He still thinks it's like in that order. Or the other way, pretty hungry. (laughs) Not bad for a vomit draft. Now that we've brought our couples together and played with the spark that sets off their relationship, it's time to write the rest of the world around them. Like the side characters. You've already gotten a taste of Mark, but wait until you meet his girlfriend, Breath. Here's my pitch for Breath. She's the most basic girl in the whole world. She just goes to her job and she comes home and she goes to the gym and she watches The Office on Netflix. Oh and she god. thinks that only oh she only watches god. it for Jim and Pam and she thinks everyone else is too weird. Oh my god, That's I so love good. that. Also, she should have a really, That's next time on Let's Make a Rom-Com. Let's Make a Rom-Com is a production of CBC Podcasts and Kelly and Kelly. Hosted by Maddie Kelly, Mark Chavez, and Ryan Beal. And created by Kelly and Kelly. This episode is written and produced by Dave Shimka, Chris Kelly, and Max Collins. Coordinating producer, Lauren Berkovich. Associate producer, Rebecca Pang. For CBC, Jeff Turner is our senior producer. Executive producers are Cecil Fernandez and Chris Oak. And RF Nurani is the director of CBC Podcasts. Our theme song is by Chris Kelly and Colin Cowan. Special thanks to Billy Murnett. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.